0: Hello and welcome to Nightcap with Jim. I'm the titular Jim and tonight we'll be discussing some new trailers that have dropped and talking a little bit about Heat and Den of Thieves, two uh, very excellent heist movies. For more content you may enjoy, please check out our Morning Mangami podcast and our other social media at Mangami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's get into it. So uh, to start this episode off I thought I'd talk about uh, some new trailers that have come out. Um I didn't expect to do this segment because some of these trailers have just dropped today uh, on Friday and uh, I'm excited for for all these movies. Uh, they all look really good. So uh, I'm going to start off with Bad Times at the El Royale. Now this is a really interesting looking movie. Um I don't know very much about it uh beyond just the basic plot description and, uh, the basic plot description is just seven strangers show up to this hotel, the bat, the El Royale, and, uh, they all have got some secrets, and over the course of one night, uh, shit gets real, <laughs> uh, but it's got a really cool cast, you know, Jeff Bridges, Nick Offerman, Chris Hemsworth, and a bunch of others, John Hamm, a bunch of other guy, and a bunch of other, you know, cool, uh, actors and stuff, and, uh, looks really interesting, um, I'm very intrigued by it, very, very intrigued by it indeed, um, I'll keep you up to date, uh, with, well, with all these movies, of course, but, um, you know, as, as more stuff comes out about it, uh, probably talk about them, because I'm probably going to end up seeing all these movies when they get released into theaters, um, you know, hopefully that's the, that's the plan, Uh, second movie on the list is, uh, Bumblebee. Now, this is a, uh, kind of a spinoff or a prequel to the Transformers films, and it's just starring, uh, Bumblebee, uh, from what I can tell, uh, Haley Steinfeld, um, is, uh, starring in it, uh, as the main character alongside Bumblebee, and, uh, I gotta tell you, this one actually looks really kick-ass, um, you know, like, the Transformers films are weird, because, like, I like them, but I don't like them, you know, like, I like them for the big, crazy action stuff, because, you know, as I've, as I've discussed, you know, it's like, I'm a big fan of action movies, and, uh, you know, Michael Bay, he goes pretty big with his, with, with action, and, uh, I like that, but at the same time, it's like, the guy has difficulty, you know, really, uh, like, keeping it coherent and, and stuff, and then he does, like, all this weird shit with, like, different formats and stuff, so, like, Transformers The Last Knight, um, there are a couple of sequences where, like, he's using different formats and, and cutting between them, so, you know, like, it'll be, you know, your standard widescreen format, then it'll go to IMAX, and then it'll go to, like, this other thing, and it's, like, so jarring, and, like, what the hell are you thinking using all these different types of cameras with these different types of formats? It's, like, what are you doing, man? Like, it just totally was jarring and actually, like, kind of disorienting and almost made my head spin, you know, even just thinking about it, you know, just makes my head just go, and stuff like that. Um, So, but the good news is that, Michael Bay is not directing this movie, he's just producing, and when he's just producing, that means that it's big budgets, and, you know, you can get away with doing a lot of crazy stuff you wouldn't be able to do otherwise, um, and, you know, you'll get a little help in the, like, uh, you know, uh, in, like, the visual effects, you know, mixed with practical effects, so, you know, you get, uh, as realistic a thing as possible, uh, case in point, the television show, The Last Ship, um, you know, big budget stuff, uh, and, uh, you know, action packed, f- you know, chock full of drama, and all that good stuff, and, uh, Michael Bay's, and Michael Bay produces the thing, and I think he's much better in the role of producer than director, so this one, Bumblebee, is going to be directed by Travis Knight, uh, it's his first live action film, but it looks like he's done a pretty good job, um, and, uh, you know, having come from, from the other side, you know, of, of like, digital stuff and animation and whatnot, uh, that's obviously going to be a huge help to him, um, translating the digital and visual effects, um, in live, a- in a live-action format, um, so this movie actually looks really, really cool, I'm really actually excited, uh, for, for Bumblebee. Uh, next we have, uh, A Star is Born, uh, this is the fourth remake of this of this, uh, story, uh, it's been, you know, so, uh, it's been done before a couple of times, but this one looks pretty, pretty interesting, um, one, because of the cast, and that's going to be Bradley Cooper and, uh, Lady Gaga, uh, Sam Elliott's in the mix and some other guys, and the really cool thing, well, one of the really cool things is Bradley Cooper is also making his directorial debut, with this film, and, uh, it looks pretty dope, uh, looks pretty dope, and Lady Gaga actually convinced Brad, uh, to, uh, perform the songs live while they were filming, as opposed to pre-recording them, and then playing them over, uh, while they're filming and lip-syncing to them, because Lady Gaga, you know, uh, obviously being a musician, seeing any time, seeing any movie that's about musicians and has live performances in them, you know, obviously would, you could, you know, would get frustrated seeing, you know, actors or whatever lip-syncing and just not nailing the performances, so she said, let's, she convinced Bradley Cooper, let's do it live, Uh, And so Bradley Cooper, apparently he's got a pretty great singing voice. Um, (laughs) So yeah, this movie, A Star is Born, it looks really good. Uh, Really, really good. Looks like Bradley Cooper did a really good job with the direction. Him and Lady Gaga have some really, uh, pretty, really good chemistry together. Um, I'm actually a fan of Lady Gaga's music. Um, I think she's super weird. And that's really awesome. Um, (laughs) Like, she does some really weird shit. And I really dig that. For some reason, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I well, I like weird stuff, so I'm a weird guy, too, you know, I mean, like, I listen to everything from Nirvana to, uh, you know, Nirvana and Soundgarden and stuff to, you know, Mike Snow or Miike Snow or, I, because I still don't know how to pronounce that, M-I-I-K-E Snow, so, uh, hey, if, if you're out there and you actually know the proper pronunciation for that, please let me know, you know, Mike Snow and, like, OK Go and, and stuff like that to, you know, like Insomnium and, and, uh, Five Finger Death Punch or Black Dahlia Murder, you know, to, uh, The Doors and The Beatles and Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, you know, uh, to, you know, I listen to a lot of, like, soundtracks, so, you know, I'm a huge Hans Zimmer fan and, you know, John Powell and, and all these, you know, Cliff Martinez, and all these great, uh, you know, composers, uh, and whatnot, you know, to, uh, you know, I listen to classical, you know, so I get, I get into a little Beethoven, a little Debussy, uh, a little, uh, you know, a little Mozart and stuff like that, um, so it's like, I'm all over the place with everything, you know, music and movies and TV, because, you know, well, as you'll see with the rest of this list, um, so, uh, so I'm actually looking, I'm really looking forward to this, this Asara's Born thing, uh, partially because of Lady Gaga, you know, and, uh, because I think she's super talented, too, I mean, like, Tony Bennett is not just gonna hook up and, you know, do a bunch of musical projects with just any old pop star off the street, you know what I mean, like, it's, he's he's fucking Tony Bennett, (laughs) you know, the guy's a legend, Um, (laughs) you know, I mean, like, he's, you know, he's, Frank Sinatra, and, uh, you know, uh, Dean Martin legendary status, so it's like, if, 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 uh, if, you know, if he's, if he says Lady Gaga's cool, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust the, I'm gonna trust Mr. Bennett on that. <laughs> uh, moving on, we come to Lego Movie, the second part, uh, Lego Movie 2. Um, I'm a huge fan of the, of the Lego, move, the Lego movies, uh, that have come out so far, uh, starting with the Lego movie, going to, like, a Batman, um, and then the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, I really even, I'm really enjoying, uh, this Lego, uh, the, the Lego franchise, and, uh, so seeing, so, uh, seeing this new trailer for, for Lego Movie 2 was pretty, was pretty exciting. Uh, I didn't know that, uh, I didn't know, um, that it was, uh, so close, you know, uh, to, uh, coming out, uh, you know, where they're starting to drop trailers for it, because this one was just the official teaser trailer, uh, they haven't dropped their official trailer yet, uh, so it's just the teaser trailer, but the teaser trailer, for some reason is still two minutes and thirty seconds long, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, but it looks really cool, um, looks like, uh, you know, uh, this time Emmett, uh, the character, the main character voiced by Chris Pratt, is going to really have to step up and, uh, find his inner badass in this movie, which is, uh, pretty exciting, um, you know, because in the first movie, he is really just like, yeah, freaking out about everything for the most part, uh, but it's cool, you know, it's pretty cool, uh, so, uh, so pretty excited for Lego Movie 2. Next, we have, uh, probably my favorite and, uh, the one I'm looking forward to the most because, I love this franchise so, 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 so much, and that's How to Train Your Dragon 3 The Hidden World. I fucking love How to Train Your Dragon. I love those movies so much, and when I was popping through my IMDb today, because I was seeing these other trailers, and I saw How to Train Your Dragon on there, I was like, yes, this is happening right now. <laughs> so. So, watching the trailer was just like "Holy shit snacks! It looks so amazing i mean the the first movie is so dope you know this that the the uh budding relationship between um toothless and and uh oh God, I'm totally gonna blank on uh his name right now um hiccup." Uh, <laughs> that was a close one, Uh, you know, this budding relationship between Hiccup and Toothless, you know, the, the, uh, the coming together of men and dragons, and, uh, just such a cool idea for a story, you know, um, I gotta get into the books, you know, because I need to start reading more, (laughs) uh, so cool, and then How to Train Your Dragon 2 is just, I, I'm in love with that movie, you know, uh, it leaves me breathless when I watch it, you know there 's more than a couple of times where it brings me to tears, and one of them isn 't even a sad moment it 's just like a really dope moment it's it 's this moment uh, early on where toothless and hiccup they 're just flying around doing their thing and um this song that's if you 're listening to this on anchor i 've played I played the song just before the segment um and it 's this beautiful, beautiful song, and whenever I hear it and I see these visuals you know, I just, I start to get teared up, you know, just these tears of joy of just witnessing absolute beauty, and that's something that doesn't happen very often for me, you know, um, I can only think of, like, one other, and that's Terrence Malick's The New World, the uh, the extended cut, um, and uh, I just remember watching it the first time, and seeing this opening sequence of just nature, and water, and, and, you know, the natives, you know, swimming through the water, and, you know, just how their bodies moved in the water, and the water, and the beauty of the, of nature, and, and even thinking about it, I got a little, got a little misty-eyed there, um, but, you know, how to train your drag, I just love them, those, these movies so much, and so, seeing this new trailer was just, like, so exciting, uh, for me, um, so I'm super pumped for that, and finally, we've got, uh, another one I'm super duper looking forward to, but probably not as much as, uh, my buddy Heath, and that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, this is an animated movie, not live action, it's not connected to the MCU, um, it's just its own standalone thing, um, but it still looks so dope, Um, and it centers on Miles Morales as opposed to Peter Parker, but Peter Parker's in the mix, and Peter Parker is voiced, interestingly enough, by uh, Jake Johnson. You may have heard me mention him on the podcast once or twice, uh, because I'm a huge fan of his work, you know, uh, especially in New Girl. I love that show, New Girl, and one of the big reasons um, is because of Jake Johnson's character, Nick Miller, and, uh, I just really, I just really dig, uh, all of his stuff, so, um, so that's just, you know, really super exciting, and, uh, this movie looks so dope, because what it is, is it's, it's bringing up all these, like, all the different incarnations of Spider-Man, so the Peter Parker Spider-Man, your Miles Morales Spider-Man, Gwen, you know, and all, Gwen Stacy Spider-Man, and, and all this other great stuff, so, um, or Spider-Woman, maybe, I should say, but uh <laughs> but it just looks so cool the animation style is really unique and really interesting it's 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 just it just looks you have to yeah i can't really describe it you just have to watch the trailer to understand um uh, but it looks dope um so uh so yeah these movies i'm looking forward to them a lot and uh obviously you will be hearing me talk about them when i get the chance to uh consume consume these movies, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that's going to be something to, uh, look forward to in the future, um, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about heist movies, specifically Den of Thieves and Heat, we'll be right back, stay tuned. Alrighty, and now we come to Heat. Now, as I said, the reason I decided to do Heat is because last episode I talked about Righteous Kill, so I decided to keep going with the, uh, De Niro Pacino mashups, um, now, um, this may or may not culminate with me doing Godfather next week. I found some other, some, a diff- another three thing, another thing I could do for a series next week, um, so I'm gonna take the weekend figure it out, so, uh, just want to let you guys know, Godfather may or may not be happening, uh, for next week's series on the podcast, uh, just because out of nowhere, these, these, uh, this other stuff popped into my head, um, but I'm not sure about it yet, so, uh, we'll see what happens, but anyway, so continuing on with, uh, the Nero, the De Niro Pacino thing, um, t- wanted to talk about Heat, but, uh, because, uh, this other movie, Den of Thieves, came out this year, um, uh, that's also just the, the you know, an amazing heist film, I decided, well, let's talk about that too a little bit, um, now, uh, these are the two best heist movies ever made, in my personal opinion, um, Triple Nine was pretty good, but, um, that one is a little different, uh, and one reason I decided not to talk about that one too much, um, besides what I'm going to say right now, um, is because, one, it's just not quite as good, um, like, it's not quite as, like, smart heisty-wise, um, you know, like, just the, ba- their basic plan is to just kill a cop, and then all the other cops will go to where that cop's been shot, and then they'll rob a place, and that's just not too clever, you know, um, also because a Casey Affleck is in it, and, you know, nothing against his performance, but, you know, ever since that whole stuff, um, I just felt like, let's just leave that alone, so, uh, Den of Thieves, though, uh, so dope of a movie, um, great gun, great gunfights, uh, you know, really super smart movie, uh, really, really intelligent, and, uh, that's the thing that I really appreciate about it, this movie is, um, how, you know, just how smart the characters are, and, uh, but also just, like, the brutality of them in a way, and, uh, you know, talking about, like, f- you know, formula, and, like, how a movie, you know, is, uh, put together and everything like that, uh, you know, structure and whatnot. This one's really interesting, because it starts off with, you know, a, a big little action sequence there um you know good a good gunfight and then it's just quiet for for a really long time and then like basically it's like the last 40 45 50 minutes to an hour or so of the movie is the heist and that is so dope because it's just like you you're you have to sit in it you know you have to sit in this um really you know intelligent way of of knocking over you know, the, uh, Federal <laughs> Reserve, you know, of Los Angeles, which is just, like, so crazy of an idea, especially when you, they, you know, rattle off the, the kind of security that this joint has, it's just like, whoa, you guys are nucking futz, <laughs> so, uh, so it's, but it's, it's so, it's such a great movie, though, um, like I said, really smart, really intelligently well done, um, the actors, uh, the cast, they all do a great job, you know, Gerard Butler and Pablo Schrieber, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., which, wow, dude, he just tears it up, man, in whatever he does, um, you know, I haven't gotten the chance to see the movie he did with Aubrey Plaza and, uh, uh, yet, but, um, but I'm super looking forward to that, because, I mean, dude, this guy, O'Shea Jackson Jr., he is such a great fucking actor, man, like, he is so good at, at this stuff, uh, it's crazy, you know, I mean, you'll, if you've seen, uh, Straight Outta Compton, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, or if you've seen Dead of Thieves, you know what I'm talking about, I mean, like, his performance in Straight Outta Compton is just extraordinary, especially the director's cut, um, <laughs> we're back on director's cuts again, uh, but, yeah, dude, he just, and in, in this movie especially, like, he really does a great job, because um, they're, I mean, there's just so much I could say about this movie that's awesome, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, so, uh, you know, but it's awesome, um, you know, I mean, even 50 Cent Curtis Jackson, uh, you know, he does a great job, he's actually not that bad an actor, you know, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people from other, you know, entertainment businesses try and come over and do movies and stuff, and, I mean, you know, the same go, it goes the same way, you know, like, there are plenty of actors who've, like, done a musical movie, and then, like, Jeff Bridges, for instance, you know, he did Crazy Heart, and then now he's got, you know, um, uh, he's got a band, and, you know, so on and so forth, um, but, uh, you know, sometimes them coming over to, to movies or, you know, people going into music or whatever, um, sometimes it just doesn't work out, like, like one of my favorites is, like, uh, Stephen Amell, doing those, uh, guest stars on WWE, uh, which was so cool, um, you know, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, I mean, I got into it a little bit because of a friend, a friend of mine that I used to have, um, because he was a huge, huge wrestling fan, and so I started getting into it, especially, like, the old, uh, WCW, like, the hardcore, like, fights, like, there was this fight, uh, between, I forget who it was, but it was this crazy cage match, and these guys were, you know, throwing, throwing each other on, you know, like spilling tacks on the floor, and, uh, on the, on the floor of the cage, of the, of the, uh, the, the mat of the ring, and, you know, dropping them on that, and, you know, there's this moment where they're on top of the cage, and dude throws, you know, the other guy onto, from the top of the cage, so that's like a 15, 20-foot drop onto the, uh, commentator's desk, and I was just like, what the hell am I, like, this is insane, and then, but to see, like, Stephen Amell, um, and if you don't know who that is, he plays, uh, the Green Arrow, Oliver Queen on, uh, the CW series Arrow, which, uh, is a really great show, by the way, um, super exciting, that's the one thing I'm gonna get off topic here for just a second, um, that's one thing I think that DC are really fucking up, is that they don't have this whole, like, they're not doing the whole extended universe thing like Marvel is doing, um, and I've, I've said before that, like, you know, like, they shouldn't be trying to do things like Marvel, but in this case, they should, this is the one thing where they should have been doing it like Marvel, because Marvel, everything is connected, you know, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, um, you know, the Netflix shows, uh, they're all in the MCU, you know, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one that really does, and Agent Carter are really the two that, you know, have the most connection to the movies, um, the Netflix shows don't really have that much connection to it, other than, like, you know, little hints, little mentions of, of the MCU stuff, uh, like, from the movies, um, like, uh, like the attack on New York, the battle for New York, from the first Avengers film, you know, just little, little mentions of stuff like that, but beyond that, you know, they really don't, uh, mention too much stuff, which is going to be interesting to see these new seasons, uh, that are coming out of Daredevil and Luke Cage and Punisher, uh, and, uh, Iron Fist and the Defenders, um, the, well, at least the ones that are going to come out before Avengers 4, um, because, half of the universe is gone, you know, so it's like, how is that, like, is, I, I'm, you know, how, how is that going to affect, you know, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and, you know, the new seasons of the Netflix shows, and stuff like that, so we'll see what happens, anyway, back on the topic, uh, (laughs) Den of Thieves, really great movie, check it out if you haven't seen it, Heat, though, um, Heat is pretty spectacular, um, I think the best way to describe it is just a quote that's on, you know, my copy of the DVD, and the quote is just, holy epic, and um, holy is W-H-O-L-L-Y, uh, not like holy shit, uh, but holy as a whole, like the whole of a thing, but um, it is, and uh, and that's, it's, it's just a fantastic film. Um, it's been out since 1995, so if you haven't seen it yet, tough shit, you might get some stuff from like, <laughs> and I know I've said that, I have know i said the exact opposite to Heath a couple of times, where it's just like, yeah, I haven't seen the sound, like, I literally even said this to him, I was like, yeah, I haven't seen the sound of music yet, but I don't want you to fucking ruin that for me, because <laughs> uh, we were talking about, like, Naruto or something like that and, like, I, I'm i really hardcore with spoilers, so, okay, so, fair. okay, so, let me, let me, let me, let me bring that back, um, <laughs> not tough shit, uh, if you haven't seen Heat yet, maybe, maybe tune out until you have seen it, uh, um, because, uh, well, I'm, I'm probably not gonna get into spoiler territory too much, but, uh, but, yeah, dude, uh, Pacino and De Niro just tearing up the screen, man, you know, so good, like, one of the, and one of the things that made this movie so good was Michael Mann and the way that he, uh, did prep work with the actors, and so, um, De Niro and Val Kilmer and, uh, Tom Sizemore and these guys who play the criminals, they were actually going and hanging out with real criminals, you know, real bank robbers and, and stuff like that, um, for their training and so that they would look and move and feel like criminals and then the cops, you know, Al Al Pacino and um and and all those guys, um Mackay Pfeiffer or not Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer I think. Yeah, and then uh, West Studi and and those guys, they went and trained with with uh, with LAPD and whatnot, um, so that they would look like cops and and not robbers. And uh, you really see that when, if you, you know, get your hands on any of the the behind-the-scenes footage, and you see these guys, you know, at the shooting ranges, because these guys actually, you know, they were doing, they did live fire exercises, so that, and, and, you know, went through these qualifiers, so that they would, they actually knew how to, you know, take headshots you know just pop 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 and get headshots every single time or you know body shots or wherever they're aiming for like so that their accuracy was on point and all that good stuff um so like when you see these guys in the movie doing you know in in gun battles and whatnot they look and move and and they feel like they should feel like they would feel in real life and that's the thing that Michael Mann does so beautifully with his movies you know, especially stuff, you know, like, like Miami Vice and, uh, Public Enemies and Collateral, you know, uh, is he gets, he gets these people to train with the real, with the real deal so that they look and feel and move realistically. Like, one of my favorite stories uh, of the Michael Mann movies is, uh, Colin Farrell, um, in Miami Vice, and, uh, during training, one of the cops came to him and was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go on a little bit of an undercover mission, um, you know, hook up with and meet these uh drug dealers and stuff. Uh you wanna tag along. And now I can hear some of you in your mind thinking, wait a minute, that wouldn't really happen. It just hang on for a minute. <laughs> so um so they go on the thing and and these guys you know, they start getting agitated and stuff, and then, and so Colin Farrell, he even, he does the classic, you know, tears his shirt open, and is like, look, I don't have a fucking wire on me, you, you asshole, like, let's just do this shit, and, uh, he, 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 he says that, you know, he, he went, you know, back to the hotel, or back home, or whatever, and he couldn't sleep, he was, like, shaking, you know, just, like, with, from the adrenaline, and from the fear of being in that situation, and so he calls up this cop that took him, um, you know, on this, on this undercover job, and, you know, he was just telling him about how, how freaked out he was, and, like, how he's just, like, you know, just, like, trembling, and all that stuff, and so the cop goes, well, Colin, uh, it actually wasn't real, those, those other, those drug dealers, quote, unquote, were actually, you know, friends of mine, They were cops, too, and so Colin's like, oh, shit, you, you got me, you got me good, but the copy but the cop actually, you know, says in, you know, in, in his interview, you know, like, that Colin actually did perform pretty well, you know, because he did, in fact, think it was a live operation, and he actually, you know, did perform pretty well, you know, considering, so, so that's really cool, but then, you know, you have, you know, with heat and stuff, you know, you got, you know, like, these, these great moments, you know, especially in the main climactic uh, gun battle uh, in downtown L.A. You know, and uh, there's this great shot of Val Kilmer um, just you know popping off rounds and then reloading, popping off rounds. And uh, I've heard a story; I don't know if it's true that uh, they would show that um, clip to Marines in training and, you know, the DIs, uh, the drill instructors, you know, would straight up say, you know, if you can't reload faster, at, if you can't reload as fast as this actor, get the fuck out of my core, <laughs> or whatever, you know what I mean, like, I don't know how true it is, but, but, uh, it's a story I heard, and, uh, you know, uh, I can totally believe it, because, you know, like I said, these guys went through this, this really hardcore training, so that they would look and feel like, like, um, cops and robbers, and it the the work definitely paid off, you know and uh, again, it's just like a really smart movie. like the way these guys you know uh, pull off their heists are are really intelligent and well thought out, you know, from you know using um, certain types of explosives to you know um, hacking and and you know computer wizardry and shit like that uh, in, you know, you know, low impact, breaking and entering, and, and this kind of stuff, and, like, they're just really intelligent, and the thing that makes uh, this really interesting, too, is that, uh, the De Niro character, Neil Macaulay, is actually based off a real guy, uh, like, this, this story of Heat is actually loosely, um, based off of, you know, a real cop and robber, um, dynamic that occurred in Chicago, and, and, uh, the real Neil Macaulay was, you know, he had his shit wired tight, and, you know, they recreate a couple of moments from, from this, you know, uh, relationship of cop and robber in the movie, which is really fantastic, like, um, like, this movie is famous for, you know, having Pacino and De Niro, actually acting together for the very first time ever, because they, like, like, because they were both in Godfather, but De Niro is playing, you know, Vito Corleone, um, he's playing Al Pacino's dad 30 years ago, or whatever it was, so it's flashbacks and stuff, um, and they never have screen time together, so, so it was like, teasing me, and then, you know, they, they, and then you do, they do heat together, and they have two scenes together, one where they're sitting in a diner having a cup of coffee, and then, um, you know, the end of the movie climax, and, uh, you know, it's just really cool to see these two guys working together, especially in this diner scene, and that's one of the things that they, they brought from, from the real life story of the, of this, this cop and this robber, is they actually did sit down in a diner and have a cup of coffee together, you know, and, uh, there's this other moment where they're on a job, and these guys, uh, the cops have set up, you know, um, a sting to, uh, uh, well, not a sting, but they, they found, they found out, they got information about where, where the, the Neil McCauley's next target was, and, um, you know, this cop, he says to his guys, you know, if you got, if you got to take a piss, piss in your pants, or, or bring a, a bottle with you, because you can't move around, and one of these cops moved around, and made a noise, and Neil McCauley heard it, and, you know, that was it, he just heard a noise, just heard a noise, it was just like, and he was just like, calling it, we're out of here, and so, you know, all the, all the cops have on him at that point is, you know, breaking and entering, and, that's not nearly as much jail time as, you know, you know, full-blown robbery charge, you know, especially, you know, if, if there's this, a big old gun battle and stuff like that, and you got cops getting shot, and civilians in the crossfire, so now you're adding murder, and, you know, assault with a deadly weapon charges, and all this aggravated assault, and blah, 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 so, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty intense kind of thing, being a cop, chasing after bank robbers and shit, especially when they're, you know, when they are, um, highly sophisticated and intelligent, and, you know, that's just what makes these two movies such great movies, and the best heist movies of all time, is, it's intelligent cops, intelligent crooks, and, but they're also, they know how to throw down, um, you know, with firearms and everything like that, so, so if they meet, um, and, uh, you know, shots get fired, it turns into a fucking war zone, <laughs> but, uh, but that's gonna be it, that's gonna be our show for tonight, um, thank you so much for listening, please tune into The Morning Show with Heath and our other social media content at Mogami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube, thank you again for stopping by for a nightcap, um, and good night.